Good afternoon. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National, Dr. Ella Henry and Moata Tamaira uh, with me this afternoon. And uh, who would you put on your top 10 list for uh, your list of uh, international women of the last 100 years? Uh, my grandmother, who had a degree from the University of New Zealand in 1913, says one, and owned and drove her own Model T Ford. My other non-English speaking grand- great-grandmother who signed the Votes for Women petition. Bruce says, the most inspirational woman in my life is my dear friend Kate, whose love and dedication to the welfare and upbringing of her children in trying circumstances is inspiring. And Anne in Hamilton says, I work at a hospital clinic and I have to tell people all day long to pull their masks up. I am going to try and wider suggestion right now. Thanks for your thoughts and this such a beautiful poetry coming through. We, uh, I just want to read it all. I can't, though. But I'm going to make some time, sometime on the show, to um, read two or three out. Anyway, this first. The Commerce Commission has stopped short of a radical shake-up of the supermarket sector to improve competition for consumers. Its final report into the $22 billion sector said competition in the industry wasn't working well for Kiwis. Quoting the Commerce Commission share and Rawlings, we found that the intensity of competition between the major grocery retailers who dominate the market, Woolworths, NZ and Foodstuffs, is muted and competitors wanting to enter or expand face significant challenges. But stopped short of saying that the two the big two should be forced to sell a certain number of stores so a major third chain could come in. Now, New Zealand is the fifth highest in terms of grocery prices. In recent consumer NZ research, uh, that, that is the, in the OECD, and recent consumer NZ research found that three out of four shoppers, that's 84%, remove items from their weekly shop because of cost highlighting just how widespread cost concerns are across the country. And I'd like to hear from you. Are you concerned about the price of a weekly shop and how? Text us 2101. But with us now is Supi founder Sarah Ball. Supi is an independent grocery retailer. Kia ora, Sarah. Hello. What did you make of the – what did you make of the report? Did you was there something in there? Did you agree with much of it? And what does it mean for you? Yeah, we're incredibly disappointed, like much of the other commentators that have um, messaged us recently um, throughout today. It was definitely a missed opportunity for the commission, and the recommendations definitely fell short of what we're expecting to see in terms of an industry reset to really protect our food future here in New Zealand. But hang on, here you have the Commerce Commission share recognising that, um, that 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 the competition is muted, particularly those who want to enter, and they they face significant challenges. Uh, the chair is speaking directly to the likes of you. Yeah, that's right. And it's one thing to recognise it and to find it um, or to make that finding, but it's another providing a recommendation that really introduces additional competition, um, incentivises new entrants and really gives consumers a better deal at the checkout. So I'm looking at some of the recommendations and I'm just thinking in terms of your independent small grocery retailer uh, freeing up more land, so that means um, a third party could come in. Banning unfair conduct, improving transparency in the grocery supply relationship. 
all really meaningful, all sound strong, but you say it just means nothing. Yeah, that's right. We know that with the restrictive covenants um, being removed, we still need a new entrant to uh, have deep pockets to find a site or multiple sites and then build on those. So that will not only take a significant amount of investment, um, but will also take a significant amount of time. And that's not going to change things for consumers tomorrow. Or I'll jump, jump in a panellist uh, very, very shortly. I just want to ask one thing. Just give us, give us a concrete example of how uh, a, a small chain or a small outfit like yours are competing against these Goliaths. What's an example? Yeah, so we're definitely providing price competition at the moment. We've only been in the market for nine months. We launched in June last year. And our product range is becoming more like-for-like. So for us, the more Kiwis that use us and shop with us every week, um, not only are they being mindful of where their hard-earned money is going, but they're actually helping us to grow and be able to support more Kiwis, um, being able to access affordable um, in healthy food in New Zealand, but also helping our food producers that we have here in New Zealand um, that we support as well and putting more money in their pockets each week. All right, Ella. I've been disturbed recently by some of the media that's shown the way, you know, accusing the big two of bullying tactics. And I would hate to think that that might be occurring whilst the government and government agencies are are turning a blind eye to that kind of bullying and collusion. So I'd be disappointed if if the uh, appropriate bodies did not act on that. And I also have to preface that I'm, I'm part of a very fortunate, privileged group of people who can choose to to go to the butcher shop and, and the health food shop and buy my groceries from there. Um, my greatest concern is the people who are the most vulnerable are being the most damaged by a lack of certainty and policy from above. And I'd like to see action on that quite quickly. Quite yeah, frankly. and Ella, something needs to happen now by the looks of the text. I mean, people are finding it nuts, just nuts. Um, uh, I was cooking a recipe that called for red onions at eight ninety nine a kilogram. I decided I decided brown onions at two ninety nine would be fine. Another uh, one, Wallace. We are a middle income two person older family. My groceries for the exact same items at Countdown Fortnight have gone up by fifteen to thirty percent. We are flabbergasted, Moata. Yeah, and it is it is definitely the people at the, the bottom end of things that are really feeling the pinch at the moment. I mean, I, like Ella, am in a position where I have options. But, you know, even I like to look at a $14 head of cauliflower and go, what, hang on, what? Is it gold-plated? Um, so, but, and uh, it may be that we'll start to see more things like, um, like we've got a local fruit and veggie co-op um, that you can you can sign up to and get you know a supply of fruit and vegetables for about fourteen dollars fifty I think it is at the moment um, and I just wonder if people are going to have to try and find other avenues to getting their food other than yeah. the supermarket well, if these kind of price rises are going to continue. Well, let's just jump back to Soupy. So one of the things is actually uh, breaking up the duopoly or um, finding other alternatives. But we have you on the program. You are the founder of Soupy. You are the alternative. Yeah, that's right. And that's so, why it's important it's for working. Kiwis to be 
To some extent, yes, but it is also up to Kiwis to be mindful of where they put their hard-earned money to each week and to shop with their feet, I suppose, or for us, shop with your fingers because we're online. But, um, yeah, but in some regional cities, they have no choice of where they shop um, because they do only have an option of Countdown or a New World or a Pack and Save and they don't have the competition within their region. It ends up being a monopoly in in those parts. So... Um, we did need the commission to provide really strong recommendations to change things for consumers and for food producers, and that is not the outcome that we saw today. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just I just want to reecho this. This is what the Commerce and Consumer Affairs Minister David Clark said. New Zealand is the fifth highest in the OECD in terms of grocery prices. Uh, so think of another world. You woke up this morning. The report came out 8.30am. What would you have wanted to see that would have made real change? Yeah, so it's really up to the Commission and now the government because the report's in their hands um, and they can take the recommendations or they can create new recommendations. But for a full reset, I mean, the question that I would pose to the government is what do we want our food future to look like in a decade? Do we still want to be in this uh, industry where we see a duopoly, the market power of two, and um, these two are, are price makers because there's no competition. They're the ones setting the prices and they're the ones that don't have to run their businesses efficiently um, to be able to pass on cost um, okay. benefits to, to um, consumers. So we really wanted to see um, something meaningful to really positively impact consumers at the checkout. Something a little bit stronger than you already had today. Okay, uh, Sarah Kiora, thanks for that. That is a Supi founder. Now, Supi is an independent grocery retailer. If you want to, you can have a look for them online and uh, see what they uh, offer. But um, $15 a collie, Moana? Is that what you said? Yeah, $14, I think, yeah. Someone says here, Collies and Count on Dunners, six ninety nine. So, I mean, we can't all fly to Dunedin if we uh, don't live there, but uh, that is uh, quite something. Uh, can, I yeah. put in a, can I put in a quick bed, Wallace? Uh, yeah. My mother grew, survived the, uh, the Depression, and she raised all of us to have little gardens, no matter how small a property we had, um, little gardens. And I'd love to see more New Zealand, because we have such a beautiful climate. We have water issues from time to time. But I'd love to see more of our formal education in schools encouraging young folk, at pri- like they do in some of the schools now, to uh, teach them how to grow. Oh, uh, Ella, come on. The answer's not planting a garden, is it? That's not the answer. It may not be an answer. I don't think there is one answer, but I think there are multiple ways that we attack and address these issues. And one of them, Moata, do you have a garden? I do. Uh, It's supplementary at best. Um, I'm about to have quite a few tomatoes, but and I've been making peach peach chutney. (laughs) I I can't live on peach chutney. (laughs) (laughs) Eighteen past four. The panel. RNZ National. It is International Women's Day and the theme is Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. It recognises the contribution of women and girls around the world leading the charge on climate change 
adaptation. And we thought we'd mark the day by inviting a couple of special guests on the programme who are doing the mahi. We spoke to 17-year-old Papa Toy Toy High School Year 13 student Yanadi Samuel earlier today, just before the show. And here she is talking about her own experience. So as a young Pacifica woman growing up, I feel that there was not enough coverage on our women. I'd say that most of the stereotyping or biasing I've encountered came from school. Whether it be about how intelligent we were to do certain subjects like math or science, or simply if we had to do things a certain way or smile more because we're girls. And I remember being put into an advanced class in school, and some of my peers and I still faced this discrimination from our other peers, especially since we're Pacifica women. And here's what she would like to see change. I want people to start normalizing the fact that we can talk about this topic, opening the dialogue, so people are acknowledging the gender inequality there is and sharing our experiences so that together as a community, specifically for our young women, we can find ways to overcome it. So that was a uh, 17-year-old Papa Toy Toy High School student, Yanazi Samuel. And with us now is Tara Singh, the president of the UN Women Aotearoa NZ. Tara, kia ora. Nice to have you on the program. Hi, Wallace. Thanks so much for having me. And I happy don't know... International Women's Day. <laughs> absolutely happy International Women's Day. I don't know if you heard much of Yanazi talking there. 17 year old, seven years old, Papa Toy High School, dealing with some of the stereotypes, you know, growing up uh, in a Pacifica community. I think it's absolutely extraordinary. This is one of the key areas of focus that not only UN Women, Aotearoa New Zealand has, but also um, myself personally, as we want to bring the next generation of women activists, of climate activists, of um, women supporting other women, women supporting girls together, and to help empower them so that they can be the change that they seek. Now, this year, the focus is quite interesting. It's, it's advancing gender equality in the context of climate change. Do you want to explain it a bit more for us, Tara? Absolutely. So women constitute the majority of the world's poor, and um, this is becoming increasingly recognized that women are more vulnerable to climate change impacts than men. And while it's not a competition, women are more dependent on the natural resources, which with climate change threatens them most. Um, I think something to focus on, though, if we want to put a positive spin on this, is that women and girls are effective, powerful leaders and change makers, just like this young lady that we heard speak um, mm. just a few moments ago. And they're involved in these initiatives around the world and their participation within those initiatives, the leadership, the skills that they bring to the table, they are absolutely crucial for us to be able to achieve a sustainable society on, on, on a mass. And our panel, uh, Ella, uh, let's bring you in. I, I'm just so pleased. I was so heartened to hear the words of this beautiful young woman who was so articulate at expressing her concerns. And it gives me extraordinary hope for the future that that these young women who are growing up in an environment where they expect more, they demand more, they will work for more change. And it, it literally warms the cockles of my heart. Tara? Um, I would agree. I think that young women today, they're, they're facing issues that 
um, really have not been faced before. And women in general, we really need to be focusing on mental health. Um, this is paramount. And women, especially um, during COVID, this, we've been disproportionately affected by the impacts of COVID. Not only are we facing burnout, um, which is not to be confused with stress, which we're all facing, but um, the burdens of childcare, attempting to be a teacher, and part of the workforce really being stretched beyond limits. And um, according to Women in the Workplace, which is a report issued by McKinsey and Company, it is absolutely critical that female employees become recognized and rewarded um, for the contribution that they're making. Otherwise, these companies are really going to risk losing the leaders that they need right now. Yeah, Moata. Um, I, I totally um, agree with what Tara is saying. Um, and I mean, definitely the experience of being in the pandemic and lockdown, working from home with a young child uh, mm. and the expectations on women that we have to be all things to all people all of the time. Uh, and also the expectation um, or, or the judgment call that if you are somebody who sacrifices constantly for your family, for your workplace, for, um, for other people, that that's something to aspire to when in fact it's actually very toxic um, and there's that saying that you know you can't fill somebody else's cup if your cup is empty so um, that's definitely been a process for me in the last few years of trying to make sure that I'm not trying to do all of the things all of the time yeah yeah, yeah. because you can't yeah do you want to respond to that Tara absolutely I think that when you have um we're trying to essentially empower women to be in leadership positions, but we're dealing with women who are more burned out than ever. And so this is really forcing, um, just as was mentioned, women to rethink their priorities. But something that's really been important to me as a, as a mother and as somebody who contributes to the outside world as well is really thinking about how can we nourish ourselves. Um, it's a put on the oxygen mask for yourself before you help put it on anyone around you concept. Um, and this is something that as women, I think inherently we are givers and it's crucial for us to be able to give and nourish ourselves before we can even attempt to give and nourish those around us. Just finally, coming back to that, uh, just bringing in that theme there, uh, gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow and, you know, recognising the contribution of women and girls around the world leading the charge on climate change adaptation. We've had a number of young leaders here with the the, the, the march, in you know, the school marches for climate uh, uh, not that long ago where, I mean, gosh, what we had, tens of thousands. But mention must be made at this point for really a once-in-a-generation young leader who really did make the charge but got a lot of blowback as well, and that is, that is Greta Thunberg. Tara. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to throw in because I think yeah. she's fabulous and I'm always happy to acknowledge this. Like I said before, there's these extraordinary young women out there who are changing the landscape and changing the planet. And I, I think we have to take heart from that. We still have lots of work to do, but we have to take heart from that. Yeah. Tara? Absolutely. Young women, women in general, we have a set of skills that... Um, 
that we bring to the table. And I think that without um, stereotyping, we're inherently good at diplomacy, skilled communication, and the ability to help lead and gather um, communities, not only local communities, but around the world. And one of the things that UN Women wants to see is we really want to empower women and girls like Greta to have a voice and to be equal players in decision-making and absolutely every aspect of society. Um, clearly, with this year's theme, we're specifically focusing on climate change and sustainability. And that's really because those two topics are essential for any type of sustainable development um, and greater gender equality. And clearly, without gender equality and a sustainable future, an equal future would remain well beyond our reach. Kia ora Tara, thanks for being with us on the panel uh, in New Zealand. That's Tara Singh, President of the UN Women Aotearoa in New Zealand. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, good response on gardens here. Uh, Ella is right regarding gardens. It's easy to grow a few veggies. That will save you a substantial amount of money. I grow veggies in pots and containers and can keep the two of us and household supplied with a few staples like tomatoes, lettuce, silver beet, kale, radishes, courgettes, capsicum. We both work full time, so I don't have a lot of time to spend in the garden, but growing veggies is so simple. We grew up last century in families that grew pretty much all of their vegetables. Another one here, shout out to the amazing woman at Garden to Table, a food education program in schools tackling food security and climate change in Aotearoa. Anne says, gardens, I wish, and Auckland now properties no longer have backyards. They are all built in by three plus units, covering every bit of the section or apartment blocks that cover every bit of land. Do you think that modern society, Ella Henry, is missing a bit of trick? Do you think that it's one simple thing that we could and should learn to do? It's actually an essential skill is to sow that garden the way many used to be able to do it. My dad, for instance, my goodness, we're talking about um, a fifth of an acre of corn cobs extraordinary. Me, I can't plant it. I can't plant a parsley. But you don't need a lot of space to do the small amount of gardening. Um, mm. I, I talked at the beginning about, you know, wanting to really improve my own well-being. And I genuinely believe if you are able to put your hands in the soil, put your put your body in the whenua, uh, you not only nurture it, it nurtures you. And so I, I love the opportunity to potter around with my little tiny balcony, you know, because oh, yeah. I don't have a lot of ground. Little tiny balcony that I can, you know, have a little poke at and pull the odd chili and tomato oh. out. Uh, it's not it's not eating away at, at my huge food bill, but but it, it is a, a also a part of well-being. So garden to table, fabulous, amazing. Let's turn the next generation into another generation of of, of, of gardeners. Advice for me personally: chilies hard to grow. Easy peasy, Japanese, as they say. Just pop them in, water them. Yep, yep. They, they, they really don't need a lot of care. Water and, and not too much wind. And honestly, you have, you have chilies for months. Love it. Oh, my goodness. You're on the panel, uh, NZ National, Moata Tamara and Ella Henry with me this afternoon. To come on the program, we talk about, uh, uh, well, actually, uh, there's a lot of stereotypes there, and we're going to break them, including that women can't drive as well as men. That has been a study coming out. We have none other than a motorsport driver, Emma Gilmore. Now, who's Emma Gilmore? Emma is an extraordinary motorsport driver who is driving for the McLaren Extreme E-Series. Quite a series, so really excited to have Emma on the program.